Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. My name is Jacob, Senior Acquisitions Manager with WholesalingOutOfTheBox.com, and I will be your presenter for today's episode. Now, some of you may be aware, but today's episode falls a little outside of the norm because today is another episode of our Director's Commentary. Now, anyone who knows me understands that I like to nerd out hard when it comes to acquisitions, sales, psychology, I absolutely love this field and it's it really holds a special place in my heart when it comes to real estate investing and that's really just based on one simple question and it's this what good does it do to send out all of this mail social media ads right all of this marketing if you can't comfortably talk to a seller when you answer the phone the answer to that question is none right I mean it literally doesn't do you any good at all you could send out the best mail marketing piece in the world. You could get somebody on the phone who potentially uh, has a $30,000, dollars $50,000 deal. But if you don't know how to talk to that person and how to just build rapport and a relationship with them over the phone to ultimately get you to the property walkthrough or to get you to, you know, to the closing table, then it doesn't really help, right? So... I mean, the fact of the matter is, guys, is that talking to sellers is foundational in this business. It's a skill that anyone can learn, but with that said, you also have to really take the proper time to do so, right? And that's what these episodes are designed to do for you. They're designed to help give you some insight, tools, tactics to hear what those sound like. So ultimately, that you can go and incorporate them into your conversations moving forward. So we want you to listen to how we talk as acquisitions managers, specifically for what we say, but more importantly, how we say it. There's a lot of psychology out there, a lot of science out there today that directly supports how maybe you should ask certain questions to generate a certain type of response from the other party, right? So those are some of the things that you're going to hear throughout the course of these conversations. My hope is that you will identify them and then you'll begin, you know, implementing those moving forward. Okay. A couple of housekeeping items moving forward. Number one, these call breakdowns are meant to serve as examples only. So how I talk to sellers may be and probably is completely different than how you may talk to sellers. And that's awesome right? Because we all have our own styles and ultimately we all need to find what works for us. I know, oh my God, I know guys that are not technical whatsoever, right? And the way that they proceed and flow through a conversation is awe-inspiring. And for the life of me, I can't figure out how they do it, right? <laughs> I'm an engineering brain at heart. I studied engineering in, in college. Um, so I'm very technical. I'm very uh, numbers-oriented, very detail-oriented. And how I talk is just completely different, right? So, and that's perfectly fine. The purpose of this, again, is to just give you guys insight into particular pieces of information that you want to gather as the investor and how you can go about asking for that information. And the key above all else is to find what works best for you. Number two, I'm by no means whatsoever an expert when it comes to acquisitions. I'm not perfect, and you're likely going to hear that at times throughout the conversation. Everything that you're about to hear is literally just based on my experience in the field. And yeah, I mean, hundreds, now, now that I think about it, hundreds of hours that I've spent listening to books, podcasts uh, about sales, negotiations, and human psychology. Uh, it literally took me years of my listening to my own recordings 
and hours of tweaking, hours of failing to get to a point that sounds natural for me. And that right there uh, actually takes me to the last thing that I want to bring up, which is number three. If you are not recording any of your own calls currently, I highly recommend that you guys make that a priority moving forward. The value that you're going to gain from listening to yourself and how you talk personally is going to be priceless. Many of you out there are probably already doing that, and that's great. Please keep it up. For anybody who's new to the game or for anybody who's not currently recording their calls, I would wager that if you guys did this for the first time around, you'd go back, you'd listen to yourself, and you'd probably sit back and think to yourself, wow, I didn't realize that's what I sounded like over the phone, and I just realized that it kind of sounds like I have no idea what I'm talking about. <laughs> I've literally had calls like that on the phone with sellers where I sit back to myself and I'm just like, holy shit what the hell was I thinking? What was I trying to accomplish? Like that was just brutal to watch. And then it just made me infinitely, <laughs> infinitely think worse because it was me on the call. <laughs> and the fact of the matter is, is that that entire experience is actually awesome. So because when you do that, you're basically going to say to yourself, wow, I need to understand more about subfloors or I need to understand more about framing and drywall, right? Or maybe I need to figure out a better way to ask a question about the condition of the kitchen or uh, whether or not the house is free and clear and if they have a mortgage, right? Those are all things that you're going to key in on. You're going to realize that it's a weakness of yours and that it's something that you need to focus on moving forward to improve. And that's what it's all about. So hope you guys find that helpful. Let's go ahead. Let's get started on the call and uh, we'll go from there. I hope you guys enjoy it. Okay, guys, I went ahead and got this call pulled up. Uh, I am going to start it, but before I do, uh, just a couple of things up front. So this was a first touch attempt on a probate lead. Uh, it is a cold call, me calling the seller, and um, just kick-starting the conversation. The big thing that I want to say up front, I want you guys to understand, is that this is a uh, kind of like a very different call. Um, usually I would try to... Uh, I guess ask you know five different questions as far as information gathering is concerned and I would try to understand where they're at before I set a walkthrough. Uh, this is actually a little bit different. Um, there was a lot of uh, a lot of emotion coming out in this conversation and I I mean I kind of heard that right off the bat and so that's what I started to key in on and that's ultimately kind of where I went with this conversation. Um, I wanted you guys to know that and understand that up front because you'll see as the conversation progresses, uh, as far as a normal script is concerned and the five questions that I would recommend that you ask, typically, I basically threw all that out the window um, and really just tried to focus on where the seller was at and whether or not what I could actually offer them was in fact uh, going to work. Um, so that's what I want you guys to understand in this call and um, hopefully listen for and see moving forward. It is very much a, uh, an emotional awareness type of conversation and an empathetic conversation and really just trying to understand whether or not what I can do is going to help the seller. It's never about what you can get. Okay, I want to be very clear. Anytime you're talking to a seller, it's never about what you personally can get out of the deal. It is about what you can give. Every single time you get on the phone and you start talking to sellers, you should be trying to understand their situation and you should be trying to figure out whether or not that's actually going to work and whether or not the solution you have in mind is a good fit. If it's not a good fit, you shouldn't be doing business with them. It's as simple as that. So 
Here we go. We'll go ahead and get this kick started. Hello. Hey, good afternoon, Alan. My name is Jacob McPherson. How's it going? I'm sorry, I can't hear you. I said my name is Jacob McPherson. How's it going? Jacob? Yeah, yeah, I realize I'm I'm probably catching you off guard a little bit. Um, not my intent. I was actually just kind of hoping you could help me out. Uh, in short, I don't know if you're the correct person to reach out to on this, but I am trying to get in touch with a property owner. The address is 5349 Tuttle Creek Court in Virginia Beach. Does that sound familiar or ring any bells by chance? Yeah, it does. Okay. Well, the reason for the call is I represent a group of people here in Hampton Roads that buy, fix, and sell houses, and I just wanted to see if I could get in touch with you and uh, find out whether or not the property was for sale. Um, we are actually debating about that as we speak, so. Uh, okay. Gotcha. Um, I guess uh, uh, I guess I, I don't have um, all the background as far as what's going on and so on. Uh, can you can you kind of like help me understand that? Like, would it make sense to just maybe follow up with you in the future, or like, I guess where where can I go with you from here? Well, um, actually, we're in the process of getting that uh, house evaluated, so know to see what work it needs so forth and so on yeah okay go from there. i got you um do you already have somebody that you're working with i mean i'm that's you know kind of what i do um i evaluate honestly, properties I, for yeah honestly i do not know. but there's a you okay. know it's amazing how so be honest with me how did you get my information yeah, so we work with a third-party service online that provides public information. So um, now there could be multiple reasons for, uh, I guess, how you would end up on the list. Um, I know specifically the company that we hire uh, looks at um, anybody who is tax delinquent, maybe somebody who has code violations, maybe somebody who has been, uh, um, I guess, going through some eviction processes, if they're a landlord. I believe that probate is on that list. And um I think that there is there's uh, one or two more that I'm forgetting as well, okay. but yeah, it's it's well, a handful of reasons. In short, um, I don't. Uh, they actually don't provide the the source uh, information, so to speak. So when I do call on people, to be perfectly straight with you, I I don't actually know what the situation is. Um, so I, I hope that uh, I I hope that anything that I said just you know right there didn't offend you in any way whatsoever, because that that's certainly not the intent. But but that is the truth. No. So. No, what what does offend me is, you know, people, all these people start texting me and calling me, and I'm like, who in the hell are you, for one, you know? How in the yeah. hell did you get my information, for two, and, you know, sure. things like that. So that's very, you know, I, I mean, to be honest with you, I just lost both my parents, so it's not... Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm yeah. so sorry, Alan. I, yeah, I'm... I'm terribly sorry. That is, I, I'm not trying to to ruffle any feathers or or offend you. I, I'm so sorry. I didn't realize that that was the situation here. And uh, God, yeah, well, I, I mean, I, it's, I mean, it's, I mean, it's like, so who in the hell is, and how in the hell is my information being released? And I'm not, you know, and then, yeah, you know, why, you know, 
you've actually, you're one of the nicer people. Some other people have been there just like straight to business. And of course, that phone call doesn't last very long. All right, guys, so I went ahead and I stopped it here. We are about four minutes in, and I kind of just wanted to recap what happened in this initial uh, introduction to the conversation. So there were three things uh, that he keyed in on, and he actually even kind of brought it up here at the end of that. Um, but it's the same thing with every single seller, um, especially when you're the one that's cold calling him. It's who are you, what are you selling, or what do you want, and how did you get my information? Those are three things that come up literally in every single cold call that I've ever done. Um, and it's the same thing every time, right? So you can hear how I kind of went about that. Um, hey, Alan, my name is Jacob. Um, how's it going? Right? So I'm immediately saying who I am. I know who I'm talking to. I always make the assumption that the person that I'm reaching out to is going to be the person who's going to answer the phone. And that's based on the fact that uh, it would seem like these days, you know, eight or nine out of 10 people. Um, are probably going to be on a cell phone, and most cell phones are personal. So it makes sense to me to make the assumption that the person that you're calling is probably going to be the person that answers the phone. So if that's the case, then I call them out by name immediately because I understand who I'm talking to. I'm not asking for anyone. Every time I've ever asked for anyone, if I say, hey, I'm looking for Alan, is he available? Every time I get that, the next question out of the seller's mouth is, who are you? And then it's kind of like a stop dead in your tracks, right? It's the initial stiff arm of the conversation that anybody is going to do, right? You do this naturally when you know you get called by a telemarketer and you do that within what? The first second of the conversation, you know that that's who is calling you and you don't want to talk to them. And your only goal is to get them off the phone as soon as possible, right? Same thing here with a cold call. So to get around that, hey, Alan, my name is Jacob. How's it going today? It's as simple as that. Usually nine times out of 10, good. And then it's kind of a silence and it's like, who are you? Right, makes perfect sense. Hey, totally get it, right? I realize I'm probably catching you off guard, not my intent. Um, I actually don't even know if you're the correct person to reach out to or not. Really just kind of hoping you could help me out. I'm looking for the owner of 123 Main or whatever, right? So the way that I just asked that question is completely um, harmless right? Or at least that's the way it sounds. I'm not coming right out of the gate being like, hey, I understand you're the owner of 123 Main. Are you looking to sell? Right? Like sometimes when you're too direct with a seller over the phone, they're immediately just going to shut down on you, right? They're going to hang up and they're not going to want to talk to you, especially in the case of probate. Because, I mean, you heard it within the first four minutes. This guy is emotional, right? I mean, he just lost his parents, if I would have taken any other approach, I'm sure he would have end, he would have ended the call. I mean, he even said it. You're one of the nicer ones. A lot of people are just all business right off the bat, and you can imagine how those conversations end, right? He literally said that. So this is what I wanted you guys to see the most of. This is why I wanted to share this particular conversation because there's a lot of psychology going on at the beginning of this. There's going to be a lot of psychology moving forward, but you can clearly see how playing to the emotional understanding of the conversation right? Not being offensive, not being, um, I guess, pointed, directed, right? Initially on the phone is a huge, huge thing to take away here. This is very non-aggressive. Hey, like, I don't even know if you're the correct person, like just hoping you could help me out, right? That's what this kind of stuff is. And it, and it comes off as non-aggressive, which ultimately in most people's mind keeps the conversation moving. And that's the goal, right? So 
I went ahead, I kind of dug for information. I answered all of his questions. As far as the, how did you get my information? For us, it's the same thing every time. It's, we work with a third-party company that provides public information. That could be in the form of tax, code, probate, evictions, whatever have you, right? Like, to be honest, I don't really always know specifically what that source is, so I hope I didn't offend you in any way, right? Again, that statement right there. Not trying to offend you, just trying to reach out to see if this is something you're looking to sell. That's the type of mentality, attitude that we like to teach when it comes to acquisitions and reaching out to sellers, right? You don't want to be the over-aggressive salesman, salesman, right, that automatically gets hung up on immediately within the first two to three minutes of the conversation or less because you didn't have enough tact at the beginning of the call. So that's the first four minutes in a nutshell. Obviously, we kept the conversation moving from there. You can see how I'm personally, and this and this is, you guys do this to, to what you feel is best, right? But personally, I am empathetic. You know, he said both of his parents passed away. I can't imagine what that would be like, and that's the truth, which is why I talk that way. At the end of the day, be real over the phone when you're talking to these people. If you're not the type of person that understands what that emotion feels like and so on, I mean, you do you. You know, you don't necessarily have to go right at it just like I did, but I did that because I'm comfortable like that, and that's what I would do anyway. So I would try to feel for the other person. I would try to put myself in their shoes. I would try to understand what they're going through. So, all right, we'll keep this rolling. Well, no, I can't. Uh, <laughs> no, I think that uh, when it comes to buying and selling houses, I mean, obviously it's a very personal thing, right? I mean, you're, you know, most of the people that I talk with and I buy from are, you know, people that have lived in their houses for 20, 30 years and there's sentimental value and, you know, it's a, uh, it's it's important. It's it's something that uh that they hold very dear to them, and I I don't know. I think that that's oh. something that you have to be aware of, you know. So um, I'm yeah. sorry to hear that some of the other people you've spoken to haven't uh, I guess haven't necessarily been aware of that kind of thing. So yeah, I mean there's yeah. there's obviously a reason. Yeah. So honestly, you know, I could wouldn't mind talking to you or anything like that. Just to you know, so you buy and sell houses, and obviously I'd look you up and see if you're reputable. Yep, I can send if you give me an email address, I'd be happy to send you some information. And um, you can always look up look us up online, of course. I, I represent Full Circle Investment Group here in Hampton Roads, um, and we buy properties literally all over the seven cities. So, yep, what if, do you, you do if you wanted to look us up, buy? you'd find us. So that depends, right? So we're um, so there's actually four of us on the team. Um, it is the owner, who is Sean Bowen. It is our uh, uh, basically the COO, which is Ashley Little. Um, she does all the administrative work and everything in the background for us. And then it's uh, Cameron and myself, and we are the ones that kind of go out and, um, and try to find properties as best we can. But uh, as far as exit strategies are concerned, it's um, entirely dependent on what the property is, what kind of condition it's in, where it's located in the market, and um, and really kind of you know what's going to ultimately work for you as well. Because obviously, if it doesn't work for you, then there you know it can't work at all. And if it doesn't work for me, then it can't work for us either. So you know there has to be like a mutual understanding there. Um, but in short, uh, we would look to um, either uh, do some sort of rehab type of process with it or perhaps uh, use it as a buy and hold and put a tenant in it for the future. Um, it really just depends. I mean, it, there's uh, usually about three or four you know different what? strategies at the end of the day. Uh, let me interrupt you real quick. I'm going to put you, my wife is in the car with me. 
I'm going to put you on oh, okay. speakerphone real quick, and because obviously sure. she's very much a part of this process. So I'm going to pause it again right here just to go over um, a little bit of that. So, I mean, this is just me being straight with the seller, right, as far as what the exit strategies are, what we ultimately are looking to do with it. And you can also hear where I kind of went ahead and I started setting an expectation up front. And this is the, I'm sure you guys picked up on it, but this is the, hey, at the end of the day, like the numbers got to be mutual, right? I mean, ultimately, yeah, I would love to buy the house and I would love to be able to take on the project. But if the number doesn't work for me, then obviously I can't do that. But at the same time, I mean, you know, if you have a number in mind that you're looking to get, if if my number doesn't work for you, then it still doesn't work. Right. And that's just reality. Right. That's literally every single deal. So if that's every single deal, then what's the harm in sharing that information? There isn't any. There's there's no harm in sharing that at all. I mean, if anything, you're just being real and you're making the you're you're making the seller more comfortable by understanding like, hey, I, you know, I may not necessarily expect this to work out, but, you know, let's go ahead and, and see what we can get through and let's see whether or not it might make sense. And let's just go from there. I mean, you know, it could be a yes, it could be a no. And either way, that's okay, but at least we'll know, right? That's the kind of basic idea as far as why I said that and where I was going with it. It's setting the expectation. It's the ease of the conversation, right, as far as where we're headed and, and really what what we're looking to do. And, of course, being on the mutual understanding that it has to be fair and it has to make sense for both of us. I'm actually going to, now that I think about it, I'm going to skip through this a little bit. Um, the reason being is that his wife joins the conversation and I basically for the next two to three minutes repeat exactly what I just told him. Um, so I'm going to kind of skip through and jump around ever so slightly. Just bear with me a little bit while I do that. Sure. Yeah, totally understand. No, not at all. Better on the team and putting the tenant in for long-term gain to um, be mutually agreed. Um, now, that being said, one thing that I didn't cover is that when we do evaluate properties, if for whatever reason it does not fit our criteria, we do have a brokerage company, um, basically a realtor, real estate agent service, of course, uh, that we do work with on a daily basis that we can always refer you to um, if for whatever reason we, we can't seem to make things work between us. Um, so there's always that option as well. We, we kind of consider ourselves uh, to be a one-stop one shop. Um, and hopefully we can do whatever it is, uh, you know, possible to help you guys out, depending on, of course, on, on what's happening and, uh, and ultimately what you guys are looking to do. All right. So okay. that's, yeah, that, that's me in a nutshell. Um, so Alan, the last thing I want to do is, um, you know, the last thing I want to do is, is overwhelm you with, uh, everything that you have going on. Of course, I, uh, I can't imagine. Um, you know, I've been very fortunate up until this point in my life to uh, still have both my parents with me. So uh, I can completely understand if, uh, you know, maybe we need to table the conversation for a few weeks or a month or, or however long you need. Um, just want to throw that out there. I don't I don't want you to feel pressured or overwhelmed or anything along those lines because that is not how we do business. Oh, I, I wouldn't be pressured, trust me. But, okay. um, but thank you for that. That's very kind. I'm sorry, I didn't get your name again. My name is Jacob McPherson. Jacob, yeah, because I said Jake. Uh, yeah, Jake from Seattle. So, so yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's right. I'm not wearing khakis. <laughs> so we can actually meet up. Um, what is your schedule looking like for this week? Uh, so I believe on 
uh, let's call it Thursday and Friday, I should be somewhat available. Um, I'm pretty well booked up tomorrow as well as Wednesday. Um, is there a, a day that works best for you and maybe a time frame? Actually, the beginning of the week works best for us because we're headed that way now. And we're only going to be oh. in state for a week. So you call oh, wow. it a perfect okay. time, by the way. <laughs> like, we're actually yeah, yeah. going there. So um, beginning of the week actually works better that way. If we do decide to do something, then we have a few days where we're still in state. And um, sure. if we still have time to figure out what we're going to do. Yeah, totally get it. Okay. Um, so here's what I can do. Um, I can be available later on in the evenings, uh, probably tomorrow and or Wednesday. I'm just booked up until about 5 to, well, I guess 5 o'clock tomorrow and 5.30 on Wednesday, I believe. But I'd be okay. happy to meet with you guys uh, after that if that works. I just I didn't want to push you too late in the evening there, but if that's agreeable, that I can make that work. Well, it's not too late for us because we are actually in state to do these kind of things. So the okay. evening better just because, you know, municipal buildings and everything are open during the day. So any appointments sure. there won't be interrupted with, oh, wait, we have to, you know, do this too. So that would be helpful. Sure. Evening, I just hate to have you work like a 14-hour day and, you know, like, Trust me, honestly, it's uh, it's kind of a norm for me. <laughs> so I'm a mechanical engineer by day, actually. I, I work for a crane company. Um, and then uh, occasionally, as best I can, I'm, I'm usually making calls in the evenings and the late afternoons like I am now. And uh, I'll probably be doing this right up until 8. So you're not going to impact me too much than what I already am. <laughs> well, you know, we just wanted to make sure you had time to take us to dinner. <laughs> Uh, yeah, <laughs> of course, yes, naturally. On the company card, on the company card. So, you know. <laughs> We're not that big of a company, but I can always ask the owner. <laughs> uh, so, how does the process work? Can you Do we meet at the house, or do yeah. you meet with us and give us just the, you know, information on taxes and information and worth and all that, you know, fun stuff? How does it work? Okay, so I'm going to pause it one more time right here, guys. So a couple of different things there, right? So once I went back um, and I kind of asked permission again to continue the conversation based on the seller's situation, right? So this goes back to that empathy and understanding as far as what they're going through, right? They're coming into state. They are trying to figure out um, probably all of the stuff with the uh, the city offices, the attorney's offices, as far as the probate situation is concerned, how all of that's going to unfold moving forward. That's a lot on somebody's plate. So, and it's still a lot emotionally to be dealing with the death of your parents. So I went back to that again, asking for permission to keep the conversation moving forward, right? And I did that when I said, listen, Alan, the last thing I want to do is to, you know, overwhelm you with everything that you guys have going on. Like, do you think it would just make sense to, you know, maybe table the conversation for a week or two or a month, like until you guys can kind of get things settled? A couple of different reasons why I asked that question. One, again, you're asking for permission from the seller. And you could clearly hear immediately thereafter that that's when the conversation took, took a turn, right? They lightened up 
they started making jokes. They started kind of talking to me about everything that was going on with their week and what they had planned. That moment in the conversation right there was the ultimate turning point where they started to be open, upfront, and honest with everything that was going on. That's the, you built enough rapport, now you're getting the information that you need to understand whether or not you're going to be able to move forward. Now, from here, one thing I will say is that I basically agreed to a site visit without even asking about the condition of the property. Historically, I would never do this, but um, you'll come to see in a few more minutes of the conversation um, why I do ultimately agree to go on to the site visit. Um, so they basically indicate that it's a fixer-upper, and you'll hear that moving forward. Um, so, But that's the only thing that I would point out that I missed. Historically speaking, I would start asking about the condition and so on before I ever agree to going on a site visit. The reason being is that I never want to go out. I never want to waste my time. If the, uh, if the numbers don't make sense up front and the condition of the property is nowhere near what I thought it was, and therefore, uh, you know, again, the numbers just aren't going to make sense. Um, that's a good rule of thumb for anybody that's out there. So, yes, I would say always try to get in the condition of the property conversation as best you can. I didn't do it in this case because I was so focused on the emotional side of the conversation that I kind of just uh, passed through that. And um, I also did truthfully have an opening in my week. So for me to go out and actually meet with these people face-to-face -face was not a big deal. Um, now, that being said, some of you, how you manage your time and so on, uh, maybe that is a big deal, in, in which case asking about the condition of the property uh, should be an extremely important piece of the conversation to understand whether or not you should continue to set up the property walkthrough and agree to that. Um, so just a couple of notes on that based on all of that and how that played out. Hey guys, this is Jacob. I just wanted to say thank you very much for tuning in. We're actually going to end the episode about halfway through today. The reason being is that we are trying to keep these shorter so that you guys are actually able to listen to them in smaller increments and that it doesn't interrupt your day too much. Um, so we're going to go ahead and cut it off uh, at this particular point today. We are going to pick up this call during the next director's commentary so that you will be able to hear the end of it. There's still some really good stuff coming up in this conversation as far as framing and as far as setting up um, advance agreements and expectations moving forward. So I think that that'll be great. Please tune in. As always, we appreciate your feedback, so please leave a comment. Let us know what your thoughts were on this conversation. If anybody has any ideas whatsoever as far as potential areas for improvement. We are all ears. Uh, so please give as much feedback as, as you can. And uh, we'll do our best to incorporate things moving forward. So outside of that, I hope you guys have a wonderful week. Thank you again for tuning in and we'll catch you next time. If you have any questions for us whatsoever, please visit us at wholesalingoutofthebox.com and let us know how we can help you take your investing career to the next level. Thank you very much. We'll talk to you guys soon. Take care. Hey everyone, it's Ashley with Wholesaling Out of the Box. Thank you so much for listening to our episode. We hope you enjoyed it. We've got a lot more content coming for you on your podcatcher of choice, YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, all of the above. So we'd really, really appreciate it if you would be willing to write a review if you have the time today for us down on whatever, wherever you're listening to this, because reviews help us so much to get in front of more people. And it lets us see what we're doing right, what we're doing wrong, what you're interested in, things like that. So give us any kind of feedback. Sean and I are always saying we like all feedback, all 
uh, constructive criticisms so that we can get better, so that we can give you the content that you're looking for. So if you could leave us a review, that would be magical. And that's, that's it. Thanks for listening.